Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Marty, do it with me. <sighs> I mean, what? Just in a, a deep breath. Hang on. Do it one more time. Everybody in their car on the count of three. Take a deep breath. One, two... Three. <sighs> what an exhale yesterday was of just, oh, yeah, they are capable of playing good basketball. It just takes Joker to be back on the floor for that to happen. But, Brett, the Heat were without Jimmy Butler and, and Tyler here. Yeah, Jamal and MPJ. and Yeah. Okay, we got the news late yesterday. MPJ <laughs> looks like shut up. he might be out for the year. Although, Woj is now saying that it might not be the whole season. Maybe he comes back late. I really, I I can't find a scenario in which I think that's going to happen. But, it was just so much more enjoyable of a watch yesterday, wasn't it? I mean, Jokic, you're like, is he going to be rusty? No, he starts the game 8 for 8 from the field, I think. Um... Finishes 24, 15, and 7. Bones Highland also back in the lineup, and he's dropping threes from the parking lot. It was so much better. Dude, at 10 o'clock yesterday, I was Googling 2022 NBA mock draft, and at 7 p.m., I was like, oh, okay. Thank God we don't have to worry about that. This is what I was trying to tell people yesterday, man. When, When people are like, maybe we should tank. I'm like... You understand there is no such thing as tanking when Jokic is putting up 30 and 15 and 7, right? That's not possible. You will inevitably win basketball games that way, and that's why I said I'm amending what I'm what my end goal is for the season is get back in the playoffs and win a series or two. Okay? If you can play like this, and then you add Jamal to the mix. It can still be a fun year. I don't think it's championship or bust, but it can still be a fun year. But you just watch everybody. I mean, yesterday, what happened? Seven players scored in double digits because Jokic was back into the lineup. Jeff Green had 12. Aaron Gordon had 20. Barton, 14. Morris, 11. Bones, 19. Let me tell you something else. For everybody who was jumping on Faku, Faku's up to his game. Like, he's actually making buckets now. Knocking down threes at a decent clip. 
He's like, when he gets to the rim, there was a moment last night, I think it was a fast break, with him and uh, Zeke, I want to say. It was a two-on-one. And Composo's riding it to the rim, and I go, all right, where's the dish? And no, he finishes with an and one. So I give him a little bit of credit here. But this was the kind of palate cleanser game that you needed to realize, okay, everything's going to be at least decent here. It's not going to look like it did when Jokic was out. Six consecutive losses. That's not going to happen. They're going to at least keep pace with this and um, at least make this season somewhat of an enjoyable watch just because Jokic is putting up better numbers than he did last year. Now, if you're waiting for the, oh my God, Jokic brothers are right behind the bench, is there going to be a fight? God, Miami Heat fans, how funny are they? Look, bro, November 29th, got it marked down on the calendar. You going to the game? No, I'm not going to go, but I just, I'm going to, I got it marked down. How many people are there? 500? I think more people were at the CSU game on uh, Saturday. I'm pretty sure that the Jokic brothers could have fought everybody at once in that arena and won. And don't let people do this to you. Do not let them say, well, it's Miami. Well, I got better things to do. Like what? Do cocaine at a club? Like the people that live in Miami or they live in LA, they love to do this thing of like, we got so many more things to do, man. Oh, so you're a terrible sports town? Is that what you're trying to tell me? What all you need is LeBron, D. Wade, and Chris Bosh for you to give a damn about that basketball team? Uh, newsflash, your team's pretty good, too. Maybe go out and see them. I was just, I was under the impression that this team was, like, very, very much into this game and, and that there was going to be a fight off the tip and Udonis Haslam was going to fight Jokic. Instead, I saw a team that got their asses kicked, basketball-wise, and didn't really want to test anybody. Oh, look, I got Jimmy Butler over here. Jimmy Butler was the one guy that was like, all right, when we see them again, watch, it's going to be blood. You want to know why Jimmy Butler didn't play? I kidnapped him. Much like Celtic Pride, the movie. I did. You guys want to hear him? He's in studio. Yeah, yeah, you take that, Jimmy. Yeah, you don't mess with Joker. Stay there. So if you guys were wondering why Jimmy Butler didn't play, it's because I have him here. It says here, tailbone contusion. Is that just code? Oh, yeah. That's tailbone <laughs> for me kicking his ass is what it is. Do you see why Tyler Hero didn't play? Scared? Uh, basically, overall <laughs> body soreness. It's like game 15. No, I love that. Because overall body soreness, I could easily, like, we should do this. We should do a serious segment and just clip this out and send it and tag, like, heat Twitter at it. And just say, overall body soreness is code for I took one step toward Jokic and then walked away. When's the rematch? November 29th. Oh, I'm going to be sick that day. I got it marked down on my calendar, but as a day off. So... I mean, isn't that hilarious, though? 
Yes, Brett, cocaine at the club sounds better than a Miami Heat game. L-M-A-O. Let's be honest here. I've seen some of the people that go to Heat games. They can do that kind of there, too. There's a lot of guys doing that bottom lip moving thing that can't control whatever sort of spasms are taking over their face and body. I wonder what that's from. Either way, uh, this is exactly what I wanted to see yesterday. First of all, it wasn't even a game. The closest that game got late was what, like 13? I know the game finishes, was it nine points when the garbage time players went in? Whatever. Haslam didn't even get garbage time minutes. I mean, what's what's past garbage time? But they uh, Look, I am not talking trash on Haslam. Like, Haslam is a legitimate tough guy. He's like, he's 40-something years old, I think. I mean, that guy's been in the league a long time. He goes back and dates back to the, the era where you'd actually fight each other. So I'm not saying that UD is not a tough guy, but you guys expected him to go out there and, and start throwing fisticuffs with Jokic? My God, he's 41. I told you, like, he's been in the league a long time, dude. He, he, I swear to God, he played on Heat teams with Alonzo Mourning on it, like, a ways back. Now, um, again, back to the basketball part of this. Jokic, incredible. But Bones, I mean, Jokic is the given in all of this. We knew that even with an injured wrist, he would still have the ability to put up the numbers that he did yesterday, where, again, he was like eight shot attempts into the game and had 20 points which seems impossible. But Bones Highland was the real key for me yesterday. You needed somebody to come off the bench and spark some life. And I got to tell you, sorry, Bones, if you're listening, which you definitely aren't, but if you were listening, you and Gordon got to keep the fro's now. If you're going to start knocking down five of eight from three with your fro, it's got to be that way. There's no going back to braids. No, no, no. You got to let the hair fly. Okay? So you and Aaron Gordon both. As Gordon, a very quiet 24 and 5 yesterday, it just looked like Denver Nuggets basketball. And that's what I wanted to see. It's Just been like, so long since we saw it, Brad. I know. It Ugh. feels like it's been like two months. But uh, 303-504-0925, you want to give me a call. Um, a lot to get to today, and I can't. I, I honestly, I know it's college football and this happens, but to this frequency of major team losing coach to major team, I don't think it's happened quite like this before. With one very important detail in the middle of the news yesterday about Brian Kelly taking the LSU job. Like one thing that is not making sense at all. We'll get to it next. Brett. This doesn't happen too often, right? The college football coaching carousel is always weird every year, and we knew there would be at least some big moves being made with the amount of blue blood top-tier college football programs with head coaching vacancies. I mean, it starts with USC and LSU, 
Florida. It's a lot of teams looking for coaches. Even ones that you would consider decent jobs if they weren't blue bloods. Like Washington's job is not a terrible job. But I don't think I've seen the poaching of blue blood to blue blood like this year. Like USC landing Lincoln Riley at OU. OU is not a poach-worthy job. OU is the poacher, not the poachee. Notre Dame is the poacher, not the poachee. And yet, Brian Kelly, on what is reported to be a $15 million a year job now at LSU, is leaving Notre Dame. But here is what blows me away. At least with Lincoln Riley, Marty, the season's kind of done for OU, right? Like, they're going to play in a bowl game, and it'll be a decent bowl game. But it's not college football playoff. Brian Kelly's team has a chance to make the playoff still. The rankings will come out today. But here's kind of what it would take. It would take Georgia to beat Bama, which is not out of the realm of possibility. In fact, I think that Georgia's the favorite in this game. And it would take a Michigan to lose in the Big Ten championship game to Iowa. Which is still, to me, very much possible, despite how wrong I was about that Michigan-Ohio State game. I could see Michigan losing to Iowa. I don't think it's likely, but they could. And he left. When they have a chance to play for the playoff, that's different. That's weird. How many teams are in position for a college football playoff and the coach says, no, thank you, I'm taking another job before it starts? Like, what happens if they actually make it? You can't allow Kelly to coach that team. Is he not an employee in Notre Dame anymore? Did he he signed with LSU, so he's an LSU employee I'm now, right? Pretty sure that if somebody says, I'm leaving, you don't let them continue. I know it did happen. I mean, it's happened a couple of times. I think Frost ended up coaching UCF still through the bowl game despite taking the Nebraska job, but that's weird because you're recruiting for your next team while still coaching your old team. Now... Here's the other part of this. And this is what, again, I just don't get at all. How is there not like a non-compete clause in college football with coaches making this much money? And this is why I always laugh. If coaches ever think about bitching or complaining about players leaving in the transfer portal, Kelly left before a potential college football playoff run? Think about it. Marty, have we ever seen Bill Belichick coaching the Patriots and then just up and leave for the Jets the next day? I know people like, I think that actually happened the opposite, right? Like, he had the Jets job and left for the Patriots, but he was there for like a day. Or was that the Browns? It was one of the two. He wasn't in the middle of like a five-year contract and leaves. That's not allowed. In fact, in in the NFL... They denied teams the ability to interview some of their coordinators at times. They're like, no, you can't interview them. Sorry. 
Now, it's rare, but it happens. And these extensions they sign are just useless. Like, Kelly signed an extension through 2024. It's like, okay, whatever, it doesn't matter. Nothing. Who cares? You know what it means? All it means is if you fire me, I get the money. Like, it's just bizarre to me how college football doesn't have one of these. And, you know, you see the stories, and this is where I, f- I feel bad for the recruits who have committed to a head coach at times, you know, like with Mel Tucker leaving for MSU, they've already signed to play at Colorado, and then he up and leaves. I mean, that's a really awful thing. And you you see the stories yesterday. There was somebody, an assistant coach from uh, Oklahoma, who said, I need a second to find this here. I'm sifting through a whole bunch of Baseball news of those players making 40-some million dollar contracts. So give me a moment. But he said that uh, he was in somebody's house recruiting. Oh, here it is. From Matt Fortuna. So this was not Oklahoma and Notre Dame assistant coach. Brian Kelly has ghosted everyone at Notre Dame. Just spoke to one assistant who saw reports on his phone tonight as he was exiting a recruit's home. Here's the text. The news broke when I walked out of the house, so I look like a bleeping a-hole. He just lied so many times. Oh, yeah, Brian Kelly's there for the long haul, He didn't lie. I mean, he he didn't didn't know. know. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes it look like he lied. But that would be the thing. If I was a recruit, I'd be like, why would he even think about doing this if he knew this was coming? There's no way he knew. But you see these stories all the time. And that, that follows up with... And this is one that Kelly got in a lot of trouble for. He sent out, uh, what is it called? Teamworks. I guess that's a big chat thing. It's like a Discord or something. And he sent out this whole message to his team saying, men, let me be the first to apologize for the late night text and more importantly for not being able to share the news with you in person, blah, blah, blah. He's going to meet with them, I guess, this morning at 7 o'clock. And everybody's like, wow, I can't believe he did that to his players. Can't even meet him in person. Well, he can't really control if the news comes out. That's one criticism that I don't think falls at his feet. But you see some of these contracts. Did you see the details that went into Lincoln Riley's contract? So they said it's at least for $110 million. Okay, that's first. Secondly, USC is buying both of his homes. They're buying out the one in Norman that cost him $500,000. I'm sorry, not $500,000. $500,000 over asking is what they bought it for. That's just bad business. And then they're buying a $6 million home in L.A. for Lincoln Riley and unlimited use of the PJ for his family. Yes, unlimited 24-7 private jet use. And people wonder why Lincoln Riley took the job. Like, whenever somebody says, hey, dude, uh, $110 million goes a lot farther in Norman than it does in L.A., sure, unless they buy your house for you, then it doesn't really matter. I'm pretty sure lettuce costs about the exact same in L.A. as it does in Norman, Oklahoma. Yeah, when you don't have a mortgage payment, it's all good, man. It doesn't matter. Now, look, I understand. Standard of living in both of these places, like, you go to a bar in Norman, you get a Bud Light, it's 2 bucks. You get one in L.A., it's 9 I get all that. But the house is the big difference here. Like, when I moved from Nebraska to here, I wasn't blown away by the beer prices in this town. 
I was blown away by how much does this house cost? I'd be living in a mansion for this price back home. Real quick, going back to Brian Kelly, taking the money out of it, Notre Dame to LSU. Is that a step down, a lateral move, a step up? What is that? Uh, I mean, it's lateral. Now, the conference obviously means something more, but this is what I talked about Lincoln Riley. What if he goes 8-4 and four every year at LSU? Is that worth it? And so that's where it comes down to. That's where I can't ignore what you first said, which is take the money out of it. I can't take $15 million a year out of this equation. Well, he was getting $7 million a year at Notre Dame. So it's not like this is a, I mean, it's a huge jump. I mean, but it's over double. What do you mean? He's still rich. Yeah. No, he's still rich, but it's over double. Like, Marty, if you got paid $500,000 a year for that job and somebody said, hey, this guy will give you a million, you'd probably be like, okay, I'll take that one. I mean, I can't take the money out. I refuse. It's $15 million a year. And this, look, we got to take a break, and I don't, I don't even have the willpower to have this discussion. And I like the NIL stuff because it gives the, the players an ability to make more money, but this is why I always laughed when people said, I mean, college football would fold if you had to pay players. Really? Let's just say instead of 15 million, Marty, they gave Brian Kelly 14 million. And then let's say there's a, what, a give or take 100 players on a roster, including walk ons, right? You take that million and you give it, that's 10 grand per player. It's a nice little chunk for them. I mean, you have the ability to do it. It's just whether you want to or not. If they did that, then Lincoln Riley wouldn't have unlimited use of the PJ. And really, that's a deal breaker. What, if I was a kid, I would have said that. I'd be like, I don't even want the extra money. Just give me unlimited use of the PJ. Just on a Saturday, I don't even want to go anywhere. I want you to take it to the sky and just fly it around in circles. That's all I want to do. 303-504-0925. Bag in three minutes. And, and acknowledge something here that has not been the norm lately. Just take a moment and understand something. The Broncos are playing meaningful football in December. I repeat, the Broncos are playing meaningful football in sep- or in December. September is typically when meaningful football takes place for anybody. December is a different story. Now, there's a lot of things that happened at the press conference yesterday that I want to get into between Fangio and some of the things that he said. And maybe this is where I want to start, where almost unprompted, Fangio is asked about Patrick Sertan. And they've enjoyed a great deal of success. And I think we can say without hesitation that that is a home run slam dunk pick. Yes? Like, nobody disagrees with that. Sertan getting two interceptions on Sunday. He is. I mean, I think you could make an argument, Marty, that he's the best player on this defense, if not top three. I mean, you have Justin Simmons in that conversation, right? You could maybe throw Shelby Harris in there. But I think Sertan is, like, next on the list. And so that is such a rare instance for a rookie to come into the league and be this good this quickly. Especially at corner. Rookie corners are never good. You always go back um, throughout history and see corners that it takes a year. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I mean, some of the better ones in the league. I remember Darius Slay getting benched his rookie season and not playing for a few weeks. And then the next year he becomes like an all pro. This is just sort of the timeline that it takes. It's a very, very difficult position to learn. And so for him to play this well, this early in his career, and like I said, already be perhaps the best player on defense, Go to cut 19 real quick as Fangio talks about Sertan. And the original question was this. Should he be considered for defensive rookie of the year? Here is Vic Fangio. No doubt. No doubt about that. He played really well yesterday. Obviously, the two interceptions everybody knows about. But he's broke up some passes, too, that were critical. You know, they don't quite get the same uh, pizzazz that the picks do but they're just as critical. And he's been playing good football for us all year. We're thrilled to have him. Um, if I know, I, I don't want to speak for George, but I think I am. I mean, if we had to redo the draft right now and it was the same players available at number nine, it, it'd be the same pick. So again, that's kind of unprompted, right? And maybe this is Fangio. He's got, uh, he's got some antennas up. Every time somebody within professional sports says, I don't listen, I don't pay attention, I don't do this, I don't do that, it's impossible, okay? You're going to catch some sort of information from somebody. Like, it's always funny to me, coaches do this all the time. They're like, I don't read your articles. And then if they're really mad at a press conference one, like one day, they'll be like, oh, I read that. When you said this and this and this, you're wrong. It's like, okay, do you read it or not? We all kind of know. But when he says unprompted that if we had to do the draft over again, with the same players available, it would be the same pick. I don't think he's lying about this. But let me ask you, if you were to do the draft over again, Marty, same players available, would you take Mac Jones or Patrick Sertan? Uh, I'd probably take Mac Jones. Feels like that's the safer pick now, what right? I know now, yeah, yeah. Knowing what we know now, it feels like that would be the one that you make. Now, I think the only other argument you could really push for is maybe, Marty, Micah Parsons. Parsons has been, it's going to be him and Sertan, it feels like, for Defensive Rookie of the Year. Parsons has been incredible in Dallas. I mean, he's been graded out, and I know pro football focus isn't an exact science, but he's been graded out as one of the best pass rushers and run stoppers in the league. Pretty damn good. You're out on Justin Fields. Well, uh, given what we know safe. now, yeah. given what we know now, Mac Jones winning six games in a row for the New England Patriots and having them the second-seeded team in the AFC seems like a pretty big deal, does it not? I don't think anybody could argue this. Mac Jones looks like the best quarterback in the draft class. Now, I'd be the first one to tell you, if Trevor Lawrence was on New England and Mac Jones was on Jacksonville— I bet you we'd have a different sort of conversation about those two. Now, with that in mind, all I'm saying is, would you take Mac Jones or Patrick Sertan given the information that we have now? Because Fields wouldn't be part of this discussion. He hasn't looked good. 
And I'm just sitting here saying, like, dude, you got the opportunity to take a quarterback that's capable of winning eight football games. And look, New England is not winning in spite of Mac Jones. They're winning because of Mac Jones. And that's an important distinction here. There's plenty of teams across the league that can win in spite of their quarterback play. I think the Broncos have done that to a certain extent this year. I mean, that win that you had against Washington where it was 17-10 to 10, wasn't because quarterback play was outstanding. You held a team to 10 points. It helps. But this is just an interesting case study, and maybe it's just he wanted to pound the table and, and say, look how right I was on this. Because Fangio's done that a little bit lately. Remember, after the Cowboys game, there was a lot of chest thumping saying, you know, it's about calling the right plays, and I'm in charge of that, so you know that's taken care of. Like, he'll have little quips like that to toss out in the press conference. Well, what would you do? Would you take Mac Jones, or would you stick with the pick? Yeah, I'd take the quarterback, because the quarterback matters. (laughs) I mean, okay, Patrick Sertan is a slam-dunk home run pick. And... You're playing for first place this weekend. I give you that credit. I just I just got done complimenting you that you're playing meaningful football in December. Now, can I also acknowledge this? That meaningful football in this game coming up this weekend that's huge doesn't necessarily have to do with you playing really, really well. It has to do with the Chiefs not being the Chiefs. Like, I think we all kind of expected Kansas City to be like 9-2 and two at this point in the year, and they aren't. So look, it's a little give and take. And don't get me wrong, I think Sertan can play here for about 12 years and be a stud. All 12 years. But much like Von Miller, how much is that going to matter if you don't have a Peyton Manning type under center? He would need a pick six every game. Yeah. I mean, pick six would help, but they aren't common. So look, uh, let me read some text here because I don't know what these are saying, but... Here's the first few that have come through. 30933. PS2 all day long is the first one that I see. How would that look if Fangio, after gushing over PS2, said, yeah, we should have taken Mac Jones? No, I understand that. That's but here's you the thing. Just not said anything. He didn't have to say anything. He volunteered that information. Nobody asked, hey man, if you were to do the draft over again, are you taking Mac Jones or Patrick Sertan? The question was. Should Sertan be in the running for defensive rookie of the year? He said yes, and then he threw that on top of it. So, yeah, if he was asked the direct question, he said, I would rather have Sertan, of course he's going to say that. But he volunteered that. couple more coming through, 30933. Would Jones have been successful under Fangio, though? Unfortunately, probably not. I don't know. I mean, you th- do you think that Mac Jones is a system quarterback in New England? I mean, I guess that's the main question, right? Is Mac Jones' success based upon the coaching staff that they have there? Or is Mac Jones just good? And I'll, I'll be honest with you, I got some hesitation on that. Like, I don't truly know the answer here. I just know this. Mac Jones looks pretty damn good. Well, you could use it for Justin Fields, too. Is he bad because that coaching staff is bad, or is he just... Not that good. Again, it's way it's way too early. I don't know. But all I know is there's a quarterback in this league that's a rookie that is eight and four right now in second place in the AFC. And that's not an easy task. And let's not pretend, by the way, that the Patriots were some sort of juggernaut. 
You guys remember watching that team last year? I do. They were not good. In fact, didn't you beat New England last year, right? Didn't you? Am I making that up? Look that up for me, because I almost swear that I remember a game. Like, it was five field goals, right? You won, like, 15 to 7 or something. The point is, New England wasn't some crazy team that just was, you know, lighting people up in spite of bad quarterback play from Cam Newton. You needed somebody to go out there and do something for you. Yeah, it was an 18 to 12 barn burner. Yes, yeah, six field goals, right? Six field goals from McManus won that game. In New England. Yes. So I don't know. I just thought that that part of it was interesting, that he just volunteered that information. Now, on top of that, he also talked about Drew Locke. And I think, uh, again, guys, this the, the Drew Locke back-your-head deal, it's got to go. He's not part of this team's short-term or long-term plan. I would be shocked if he's even on the roster next year. But uh, what cut do we have here? All right, Marty, you got it. This is Fangio yeah, and Drew Locke. Yeah, it's, you know, it's different for a guy who's never come off the bench. You know, and in Drew's case, you know, we're probably not giving him enough reps during the week, you know, not to make an excuse for him. You know, but he's got to learn to do better at that. And maybe some of that is we need to have a better list of what he feels comfortable at operating with and running and calling. And um, hopefully he's learned from these two times. Hopefully there won't be another time due to injury and, He'll do better the next time. Yeah, I do kind of love all that was rolled up in that 30 seconds. He'll do better next time. Hopefully there isn't a next time. (laughs) I know he didn't mean to be rude. But that's kind of how it's. I mean, you have these injuries. And this dude is bad. Uh, I hope he does better the next time that he's in. Well, I take that back. I hope he never goes in again, but if he does, I hope it's better. Here's the deal with Locke, and this is why people need to let this go, okay? This is the second time this year Drew Locke's had an opportunity, correct? Both times, Teddy Bridgewater has looked like he couldn't move. If Locke played marginally, mediocre, they would not have put Teddy Bridgewater back on the field. The Browns game, they would not have played Teddy if Drew Locke had just played mediocre. Teddy wouldn't have re-entered the game on Sunday had Locke gone in there and not fumbled in through a pick in a short amount of snaps. Blame it on whatever you want. Lack of reps, whatever. The bottom line is you get an opportunity, despite the amount of reps that you get in practice or whatever, you have to capitalize. You have to. Or else it's going to be exactly what he said at the end of this. Hopefully there's not another time. And that's really all I got to say about Locke now. The page is turned. We're done with it. The coaching staff is obviously done with it. Are they so done that they would bring in Brett Rippon and? Oh no! If if Bridgewater goes down, I mean Locke's going to come in as the backup. But it's just like there's not going to be any level of bad play from Bridgewater, or I I think that he's got to be borderline amputation level injured. 
before Drew Locke gets on the field. I mean, you watched Teddy Bridgewater the rest of that game. He was limping the entire time. You could, you knew he wasn't feeling right. But what does he do, even when he's injured? He avoids Joey Bosa and makes a touchdown pass to pretty much ice the game. If Locke did that at the end of the first half, even if he drove down and he got them in field goal range, Marty, like you, you set McManus up for a 57-yarder and McManus misses, you'd still be like, okay, well, at least you moved the football a little bit. You didn't make any mistakes. Maybe you get the second half. But couldn't do it. You know what's bizarre about the NFL, by the way, is we took, uh, we took a look around the league yesterday, and our focus is on the good teams right now, obviously, and the amount of good to mediocre, and this is why the NFL is so great, everybody's in that category, with the exception of what? Uh, the Cardinals, who are 9-2, and 9-2, and two, right? And, you know, some teams that are 8-3, and 8-4, and four, you know, like the Ravens or the Patriots. You really don't have a good sense of who's good and who's not in this league. And, and just as a offshoot to this real quick, did you now hear that Notre Dame is looking at hiring Cliff Kingsbury? Was that for real? For I, was that real? I don't know. I'm sure it is. I mean, I'm sure everybody would like to have Kingsbury. He's 9-2 and two in the NFL. He's not going anywhere. But here's the NFL draft order in the top 10. You guys want to hear something crazy? If the season ended today, this is how the top 10 in the draft would go. The Lions would get the number one overall pick. The Texans, two. The Jags, three. And then, at number four, it's the Jets. At five, it's the Jets. At six, it's the Giants. At seven, it's the Giants. At eight, it's the Eagles. At nine, it's the Eagles. And at 10, it's the Panthers. Picks three through nine, feature three teams picking back-to-back. That's incredible. How often have we ever had top 10 picks with one team picking back-to-back in the top 10? How often does that happen? I think the Browns did it that one year. They got Baker, Mayfield, and that corner, Denzel Ward, I think. That wasn't back-to-back, though. Well, it was like one and four, one and three, something like that. They were both in the top 10, but it wasn't back-to-back. We're talking Jets at 4-5, Giants at 6-7, and Eagles at 8-9. Ooh, that Jamal Adams trade looks really bad for the Seahawks, huh? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. See, isn't that funny? When we continue to talk about this stuff, like, Jamal Adams is pretty damn good defensive back, right? And that pick is number four right now. Number four. But three teams picking back-to-back in the top ten right now. And I don't think it's going to change all that much because those picks that uh, are acquired from the Jets, Giants, and Eagles are the Seahawks, Bears, and Dolphins picks. I don't think they're going much anywhere. And the Seahawks look awful, even with Russell Wilson coming back. Got a few minutes left. Again, if you guys want in, 303-504-0925. Speaking of, by the way, these trades, how funny is this? Remember Von Miller? I woke up four and four, or I, I went to sleep four and four. I woke up seven and one. Well, in that time frame, the uh, Rams with Von Miller are 0 and three, and the Broncos are two and one. And so they're closing the gap now because the <laughs> Rams are now seven and four, and the Broncos are six and five. They're just a game back of where the Rams are. 
That gap closed in a hurry. And here's something else. Speaking of money, and we were just talking about this with college football coaches, and maybe this is the appeal for these teams that want Cliff Kingsbury, right? Maybe they can throw him $15 million that maybe the NFL is not willing to do for some coaches. But when you talk about paying players big money, and especially running backs, if you've taken a look at the grinder of what that position is, every single running back that's making north of $12.5 million, okay? $12.5 million or more. Derrick Henry at 12.5. Dalvin Cook at 12.6. Zeke Elliott, 15 million. Alvin Kamara, 15 million. Christian McCaffrey, 16 million. All of them are hurt right now. And this is why I say this all the time. Paying running backs big money is bad business. Even if you have one like Derrick Henry that looks like he's indestructible, it's bad business. They get beat up. You're paying that type of money for some guy who's probably going to play 10 to 11 games a year. How many games has Christian McCaffrey missed over the last couple of seasons? Because he played like week one, then he got hurt, then he came back for a couple of games, and now he's hurt again, they put him on IR. He's out for the year. It's just one of those spots in which if anybody tries to convince you, and there is one exception, like I would have been willing to pay Derrick Henry the money because he means so much more to that team. You know he's still the second leading rusher in the NFL? Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> he's only played eight games. Everybody else played 12. He's a freak. I mean, that's why I'm saying that guy out of anybody is worth it. Christian McCaffrey got paid that $16 because he was not just a running back. He was a wide receiver, too. And I would think about if you play him at running back, he gets like 10 carries, and then you just have him as a passing game weapon because I, I can't risk that commodity being off the field that much. But all five of those players that are making north of $12.5 million this year at that position are all injured right now in the stretch run of what the NFL season is. And make no mistake, Derrick Henry, pretty damn important to the Titans' success. Dalvin Cook, pretty important to the Vikings. Zeke with the Cowboys. Alvin Kamara with the uh, Saints. Means a lot. And yet... So what do you do with these running backs that deserve to get paid then? Here's the thing, dude. Like, I'm very much into the Kyle Shanahan way of thinking about this. Shanahan has three different running backs that he uses every single year, and one of them goes down with an injury, and it's just, all right, I'll use these two. And then they say, I had a good year. Let me get paid. Sure. Test free agency. Make all the money you want. I'll find somebody else. So Nick Chubb is probably coming up for a contract. Mm -hmm. I think the Browns are just like, sorry, dude. We, We milked you as much as we could, and we're done now. I think if you want to do it for like a year, like you, you want to add one more year on like a franchise tag, I think that's worth it. But long-term money, no, I would never do that. Like I would literally do what the Broncos just did. Instead of paying a Melvin Gordon $8 bucks, you draft Javante Williams. You have some other like veteran guy for $4 bucks, And then when his contract's up and he goes, I want $15 million a year, you say, okay, fine. I'll take another running back in the draft and do this process all over again. I mean, if anything, the Broncos, Mike Shanahan's the one that started this, right? You go back to Mike Anderson and Tatum Bell and Olandis Gary and all these different running backs that cycled through after Terrell Davis. You just kept finding guys that were capable of getting you 1,000 yards. Philip Lindsay ran for 1,000 yards in back-to-back seasons, and you let him walk. 
for nothing. That should be the way that you look at this. Because there's too many examples of running backs that hit about 27, 28, and they can't stay on the field anymore. Yes, you get your occasional, what, Adrian Peterson, Frank Gore, those types, right, that play until they're 36. But the rarity of that is off the charts. Again, 30933, Champ Automotive text line. If you guys want in, uh, texts are saying that Chubb already got ex- uh, extended. Did he? Look up his contract. Because I know that they feel like he's that level important to that team too. But you just look at the Christian McCaffrey's of the world and you're like, oh, are yeah, you? he did. <laughs> How much money is he making? Uh, three years, $36 million extension. Okay, $12 million? $20, 20 million guaranteed. It's not an awful contract. Like an extra three years. That seems fine to me. At age 25 right now? Yeah. Okay. This is it, though. This From here on out, for Nick Chubb after this, it's one-year deals. It's one year, $9 million. If he gets hurt, it's one year, $4 million. If he stay healthy, one year, six. Like, that's just what it's going to have to be for the rest of his career. Again. Going back to the draft real quick, you were saying the Eagles have the eighth and ninth pick. They also own Indianapolis's pick, so they'd be picking 14th right now. Oh, my God. So they would have the eighth, ninth, and 14th pick. It's pretty good. Not bad. Not bad at all. Um, again, the Nuggets win last night. It was a breath of relief as you got Jokic back on the floor. And, oh, man, we got this circled on our calendar. Can't wait. Oh, yeah? What? You got it circled on your calendar to get your ass kicked? For four quarters? Is that what it was? Tyler Hero couldn't play because of overall body fatigue or soreness or whatever it was. That one felt good yesterday. Like, you you needed a game like that in which not just Jokic, but guys like Bones Highland back in the lineup, and in 21 minutes he puts up 19 points. What a weapon off the bench. So we'll get more into that as we go along. 303-504-0925. You can watch the show live on Twitch. Twitch.tv. Search Altitude SR in the search bar. You can also watch the show on the Altitude TV simulcast. Roger Lombardi and Kane next. KKSEFM HD1. Broomfield. Denver. K269AE. Boulder. Someone on the other team needs their butt just stopped. I hit with an abundance of pain and violence. Get in the zone, big fella. Get in the zone. This is Altitude Sports Radio. I 